To be a successful community, a community of connection, which you're gonna hear in just a bit, you have to have good health and wellness. You have to know where you are uh, as a family, as a unit. And sometimes it starts with just fatherhood. I, I kid you not, that, that's what we're gonna be talking about today. Our guest today is gonna be part of Fatherhood Initiative. Okay, that seems like that's a big broad umbrella, but it's very specific and you need to stay tuned to find out because this affects us all. Coming up next on The Bob Jeswald Show. Personal power, people positive, the community of connection. This is the Bob Jeswald Show. <laughs> anyway, we're, we're like, <laughs> it's always fun to laugh off camera. We, we actually have people in the studio here. We have Dylan Hansen. We have Pam Kirkland, who doesn't want to be seen at all because she's like, you know, I, I want to be seen and not heard kind of thing today. But she said, I'll be I'll be heard a lot. But we'll, we'll see about that because Jerome Dingle's in town. And, and that's right. And we appreciate you having here with the Department of Public Health, West Central uh, Georgia Health District. And you're the fatherhood engagement specialist. And we're talking about fatherhood initiative and how important it is for Georgia to be strong. We hear about Georgia strong families is a former military guy i shouldn't say former you're always you're always serving yeah once Come you on. are you're always yeah on. exactly you're one of those yeah. guys who wear the cowboy hats down here for yes Kenny. sir the stetsons, watch <laughs> the stetsons out now. my friend that's right but did you have the boots to match that was the only thing uh, I, I didn't i didn't do the boots yeah. i was old school green jungle boots that's all i was about <laughs> that's yeah. right no well, you guys are the best we appreciate your service too and your yeah. service to community jerome big deal why is a fatherhood initiative specialist needed here in our communities today um well it it, it all starts with uh georgia strong families and uh, the program and part of the, the grant was, and you want to have the Georgia Strong Families to help uh, mothers out. And what Georgia Strong Families does for the mothers is it increases their education and awareness in regards to uh, the, the, what the overall goal of trying to have a, not only a healthy pregnancy, but a healthy childbirth and then moving forward as a child develops and all that other kind of good stuff. So here uh, we have what's called a NICU unit on Piedmont and that ties in with Georgia strong families. So wherever there is a NICU unit, you're going to in the state of Georgia, you're going to find a Georgia strong families. So that's how the Georgia strong families got here in the Columbus and Muscogee County area. So with that comes my piece. So over the years, they've found out that um, it's important to have fathers in the children's lives. Um, there's all kinds of statistics that we could talk about where um, children are apt to do better if the father's in their life, even if the mother and the father aren't together or married or, or what have you, but just having dads around and dads present and dads active in the child's life, um, statistics have proven that it's, you know, child's more apt to be successful. I agree. So yeah. when they brought our program in, um, I was brought on board or I got, I got, uh, offered the, the position and I jumped at it. Um, I'm a father myself, as you can tell, yes. or if you couldn't tell, but I got some grades, so that's usually why I got kids. You, you know? earned that grade. Oh, yeah. But I've got four kids. They're all grown now. One's 30, uh, one's 25, want to be 24 this month, and I've got one that's 21. So one's out of college, two are in college, and one's about to join a program where he'll get to learn avionics and electronics with the goal of, you know, graduating and working on aircraft, which is great. So You practice what you preach, and you're a proud dad. I can see that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, so that was something I felt um, strongly about. Um, not only was that where I used to work around the corner mm -hmm. at Big Brothers Big Sisters. So uh, one of my mentees just graduated high school, and I've got one that's still in school. So I talked with my sons about that prior to. So I've always been very active, whether it was coaching with my sons, 
doing the Big Brothers things, I always felt as a as a male, I needed to give back because I was fortunate to have my father in my life up until I was 50 when he passed away. So I felt it's 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 something I need to give back. I need to pay that forward. I need to be there for for other people. So when the opportunity to be a fatherhood engagement specialist came about, um, I immediately jumped jumped at it because I was like, okay, this is something I think I would be good at and something I can lend um, a lot of my expertise, whether it be through my experiences and my life in the military or just being a dad and being a coach, it would be something I could give back to the community that I'm a part of here in Columbus. I, I, I can see clearly your your passion. And, and going back to the NICU and going back to when you're talking about Big Brothers, because there are boys and girls clubs too, any something Correct. like that that you're giving back to kids and community and paying it forward. You were fortunate to have your dad. Um, those who dads leave when kids are young, um, you don't have to be biological. It would be fair to say a mentor should be a male role model is a good thing to have where right. men respect men, but when another man comes in, to something to engage with a child who doesn't have a male figure in your life might turn upside down in a bit like saying, Hey, you can't tell me what to do. Cause they never had that male right, right, influence. Right. So I know a lot of our communities and, and we, we always, you know, it, it's more inner city. We see that in urban or the inner city or the communities, but it does transcend outside of that. I can tell you that right now. I mean, some of the things we see every day, um, community, whether it's uh, country or outskirts, suburbs or inner city, it, it transcends. A male figure is a male figure. I had right. three. I could tell my grandfather, my stepdad, and my uncles I had two. I, I was very fortunate because my dad, my mom split. My dad wasn't in, in, in my life until later, which is contrary to you. You lost your dad at fifty. It seemed like mine came back at thirty. You know, thirty years old, and then now here I am today. But but it does make a difference. I am who I am today because of male figures. And we a lot of us guys can say that. But going back to the NICU, I find that interesting. Why is that? Why would we start from cradle? What's the purpose of that and in, in where you're saying where that foundation would be come? Is that because if a, a young parent would have a child and if the child had to go to the NICU, you need that support even that young of age could be important for the support maybe? Right. So so from my understanding with the, the NICUs are typically in areas where babies, whether they're either um, during pregnancy, when mothers may have high-risk pregnancies, or high-risk births, um, you will find NICU units tied in with that. So what Georgia Strong Families, since they're tied in, or they, they use that as, a, as a, a linchpin, so to speak. So what you're doing is, so now I have Georgia Strong Families, which is going to bring in an education piece. So I'm going to get the young ladies as they're, you know, anywhere from zero months to eight months to nine months, or, you know, after birth, to educate them on the importance of being healthy during your child's birth or during the pregnancy and things you can do to maintain um, whether, you know, things you can do to increase the child's awareness, i.e., you know, reading to the child while it's in the room. I know a lot of parents would talk to their babies and, you know, rub the mother's stomach and engage them, play music for them. All these different things that we've learned over time that can increase a child's, you know, sensory um, and all these things that will help it through the developmental stages. So that's where, the Georgia Strong Families comes in is to increase that education piece, to increase the the health and the pregnancy, to, you know, make sure it's successful or as successful as it, it can possibly be. So fathers have a role. It's not like you said you had kids. Were you in one of those situations where your wife is in the labor and were you in? in I was. With her? I was fortunate enough, <laughs> even though I was in the military for a, for all my kids 
for their entire lives. I was fortunate enough to be in jobs where I was there. So when my daughter was born, it was that's a that's a crazy story. Um, I like crazy stories because oh, I want to see okay. if I can relate so to it because I think is, that's an important part that right. guys, some of them don't want to be in there. Yeah. And for maybe, and I understand, but but I want to hear your yeah, story, I, your I, crazy I, story. I, 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 mean, I mean, literally, <laughs> I, was, I was there. Yeah. So here it is, 1997, uh, May time frame. My wife's going into labor. So we, we're at, I'm stationed at Fort Bragg. So we get upstairs on a labor and delivery unit. We're in the bed. You know, my wife's doing her, well, my ex-wife now. But she's doing the thing. She's talking to the nurse and whatever. Friends, I hope. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. No, no. Okay. You know how that is. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so we're all hanging there and we're talking. And, and you know, she would already had our son prior to me knowing her. Right. So that's why I, I identify with being a, a dad when someone's already there because he was three years old when I met his mother. Um, so she's she's doing her thing. She's frustrated. She's angry. She's, she's mad. And she's like, look, I need to push. I need to push. And the nurse was like, oh, sweetie, you well, you go right on ahead and you go ahead and push. So I've got one leg, the nurse has got the other leg, and she starts pushing, and my daughter's head crown. Okay, there it is. that's an amazing thing to see. So, and that was only after about maybe two minutes wow. of pushing. How, how long yeah. has she been in labor at this point? Okay, so that's something I learned working with a lot of ladies who yeah. had, I learned to not talk about my, my wife's birth because my perception of what a long childbirth was. Okay. And what it actually got is the nodding woman in the studio was here. Two different things. So I would get. A, I didn't realize it until much later on when I was getting these nasty looks. Yeah. When I would talk about how long my wife's, my ex-wife's births were, and then until I was educated, like that's not long. And I was like, oh, I thought it was long. And they're like, no, that's why you're getting all these nasty looks from women when you're talking about how long my births were. She's like. That's not long compared. So to we some got some people. checks and balances in here with Pam. Pam, you can you can talk from the outskirts of our mic microphones here. Are you you? So what is your take on that? Just from a woman's point of view. Yes, that's exactly true because you know, like uh, twenty three hours is long. <laughs> okay, because yeah. my wife was eighteen, I think, on the first one. It felt like an eternity for me. We even were sent home, and then we had to go back. And see, that's what I didn't understand. I yeah. thought. I thought the time started from the time you got to the hospital until the time the, the baby came out. And, and my ex was like, no, 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 no. She was in labor. You know, yeah. one of her friends was in labor for 12 hours. And I'm like, okay, you know, you go to the hospital, you get checked in, da, 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 da. And she was like, no, 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 Jerome. From the time she started pushing until the baby came out was 12 hours. Oh. And I was like, Oh, I didn't know. I that. said, so I'm that's why yeah. she's like, that's why you're getting these nasty looks when you started talking about my birth <laughs> and how it was long because from the time I started pushing until the time, you know, Jerome came out or Madison came out or Jeffrey came out, you know, because they were a little bit longer. So from the time my daughter started time, she started pushing to my daughter's head crown was like literally less than two minutes. So she goes, okay, you're going to need to stop. And my ex was like, Why? She goes, because we don't have a doctor. I've so, heard that before, too, with one. And yes. this is where it gets funny. So I go sprinting down the hallway. Baby's coming out, though. It doesn't to, matter. <laughs> to find a doctor. And there's these three doctors, and they're all just hanging out, you know, in, in the room. And I'm like, hey, um, the nurse told me to come get the doctor because my wife, she said to tell you the, the head is crowned. And they all look at each other, and they're like, oh, a vaginal birth. Oh, and it yeah. was like the Keystone Cops. They get up tripping over themselves. Sure. 
And they come sprinting down the hallway because apparently they hadn't had a vaginal birth up on a unit in like about a week or so. Everyone was right. going through C-sections. Sure. So all the doctors were excited. It was going to be, you know, natural vaginal birth. So they come sprinting in. And episiotomies are no fun to watch either. And they're like, they're like, okay. And she's <laughs> like, okay, can I push now? And I'm like, yeah. So, you know, yeah. like two pushes, my daughter comes out. You know, I'm standing there, and then of course, you know, I have to go with her, with my daughter, and, and they doing all the, all the getting all the cheese off her and everything. So it was yeah. pretty cool. So when my son was born, 1998, we're at Fort Polk. Um, same thing. She's telling them she needs to push, and they're like, "Well, if the baby doesn't come in a certain amount of time, we're going to give you a C-section." And my ex is like, "No, you're not. I need to push. Get out of my way. Get out of my way. And let me do my thing." So. From the time she started pushing until Jerome came out, a.k.a. Rome, um, that was probably about five minutes. So here again, I'm thinking, wow, this is kind of long. Yeah. And then we fast forward to 2000 when Jeffrey yep. came on the scene. Jeffrey was a little longer. Right. So from start to push, you know, start starting, you know, pushing until Jeffrey came out was probably about seven minutes, maybe 10 minutes tops. So in my mind, that's childbirth. That's how it is for all women. And I realized, no, that no. wasn't the, that's so, not the case. What you what I'm trying to find out too was your wife at the time was she happy that you were there? Would you uh, say yeah, if you rewind I, I, now? I would, would she say, Jerome? I really you're a pain in my you know what? What the I, heck? I would say, yeah, I, I got I got you know nasty looks. I got I hate you. You know, I I, I was doing I didn't know what to do. I'm like rubbing her back and. Her arm going, I love you, babe. Lamaze You're classes, doing great. Throw Lamaze yeah. classes out there. And I remember I the, the old Bill Cosby. Yes. The old Bill Cosby line about Lamaze. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I'm and trying to do that. And she's like, you. shut up. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I'm like, all right, I'm, I'll just, I'll just, she, so I was just there. I think, but would, you don't regret that. I mean, oh, no, 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 no. So no, if no, you no. rewind, tell any other guy, and that's how I feel I too. Me, I, I always, even, even the dads in my program that are, are that are going to be, you know, that are in that process, they're, you know, maybe their wives are six yeah. months or eight months. That's for the thing I asked him, hey, are you going to be there? And he, one of the guys, I felt bad for him. Um, he came to my baby boot camp, which I'm sure we'll talk yeah. about. Yeah. But he was on Fort Benning, and I guess his wife, they're young. He looked like he was probably about 23, 22, 24-ish. So I'm sure when his wife was in that, that same time range, age range, and she had her mother coming up. Uh, and because okay. of COVID, yes. things are a little different. So when I asked him, I was like, hey, so, you know, you know I'm all excited. I'm like, are you going to get to be in there with him? And he was like, I don't know. I don't think so. I'm like, why? What's going on? He was like, you only get to have one person in there with you. And I think yeah. my wife's pulling rank, and she's going to have her mom in there. And I was just like, that was, I felt like a gut punch for him because mm -hmm. I can kind of see the hurt in his face a little bit. Sure. I could tell he was disappointed, and I was just like, so I, I, I kind of, not changed the subject, but I kind of, you know, started talking about some other things. It's and like it, going back to the 1950s and 40s. That's the way it, that's the way it used to yeah, be, though. Exactly. But today it's not that way. Why do you think that women and guys, with guys being in there, now there's some guys that just are squeamish that don't want to be in there. What do you say yeah. to them? Uh, I'd say go in there. Have somebody film it. And if you pass out, <laughs> you, got, you got a great video to show your kids later on. Cut that you know? umbilical cord. There's yeah, nothing There's yeah, nothing like but, it. But you got to be in there. I, yeah. I, if, if you can, and all things being, you know, all things working for you, and you're not in a situation like that young fella where, you know, I, I, I'd hate to be his wife where she has to make that decision. Do I want my mom, who's right. been my mom my whole, you know, 20, 22 years? Or do I want this guy that's my husband who I love right. and we've only been married two years, you know? Who do I want in there with me? And, you know, in her mind, she probably feels mom's going to do a better better job of comforting but me. don't and being take there. that personal, then. Yeah, and, and that's what I said. Try yeah. not to, you know, knock her up and 
to do it again, you know? Go ahead. Right. You could say anything, Pam. Just jump in here. I'm just going to jump right in there. As a mom, yeah. I have three children. Yeah. I would vote for the dad to be in there, not the mom. Mm-hmm. And like Interf- with, interesting perspective, you know, Jerome. Because I yeah. think that the husband or the baby's father, they need to see how much the mom is going through to have mm-hmm. that child so that after the baby's born, they can understand and know that they've got to contribute just as much oh, yeah. to that stuff. baby. Okay, that's a great point. So this is where it kind of starts. You guys are you guys are hitting on something here in Jerome. When we're talking about fatherhood initiative, we're talking about, you know, dads get involved even in the beginning of right, being right, a father. Right. Whether you're a, a stepdad and, and you were one child, you know, the three-year-old sitting there and you're taking care of him, probably I'm assuming you're kind of watching him while mom's in there giving birth to your other child. Biological or not, fatherhood initiative starts, bam, in in delivery room, in a sense. Is that, is that good to say? Fair to well, say? Well, for us, we try, we try and get the dads engaged even before that. Okay. So... Um, that's one thing that the baby boot camp, that's one thing we got to focus on with the baby Let's boot jump camp. into baby boot okay. camp then. Okay, so that's... great. Well, let's talk about that because that kind of helps, helps, you know, it creates a sedge into yeah. the delivery room. So with the baby boot camp, that was an idea my boss and I had of getting the dads before they get into the delivery room and giving them as much education as possible and also making it fun. Um, so is Lamaze still part of this? I just want to get that nah, out of the nah, way. Nah. Good. That, that's we, old we, we school. So yeah. I had that in my 1986. I, I'm sure day. there are probably some. You, totally some, worthless. Some doing I'm that. sorry, but it did absolutely <laughs> nothing for my, it was my first wife, my ex-wife, but with my daughter, my oldest daughter, beautiful. I got two grandkids from her, but just to say it did not work. Yeah. <laughs> Period. Okay. I'll go back to baby boot camp. So, so you're what, parlaying into this. So what we did with the baby boot camp was we thought about all the things that would be, that would be neat to know. Just giving dads just enough, just enough information to be, to, to, to do a little bit of damage, but not be experts, but just a little enough, kind of like to wet your whistle or wet your appetite on the on the learning phase of as you're moving into fatherhood. So we talked about changing diapers, talked about swaddling. We talked about how to support mom during the pregnancy, how to support her in the delivery room, how to be an, an additional advocate to help her fight for whatever she wants. So if I want, you know, James Brown playing in the background, you know, you need to advocate to get James Brown playing in the background. Okay. If I want to listen to Imagine Dragons, you know, at five minutes out, mm-hmm. then I want, that's what I want playing. And you need to be able to advocate for your your spouse or your your child's mother in, in, in regards to that. So talking about feeding, burping, um, you know, what to do if your child stops breathing, you know, what infant CPR looks like, some of the things you might need to know, place you can go to get certified, so that you, that way, if your child does have an issue, you feel fairly confident in it. Um, and what we found out was a lot of dads don't want to admit, but some of them will tell you that they were really intimidated by the fact that, hey, I'm about to have a kid and I don't really know what I'm doing. I mean, I've watched guys on TV. I've heard other people talk. But depending on your circle of friends, if all your circle of friends are single and they're all, you know, 25 to 20, and there's, they, you know, if you don't have a lot of cousins and aunts and uncles and whatnot to, who are also having children that you could be exposed to at cookouts or at gatherings or whatever, 
you may not get a chance to even touch a baby, and this may be your first one. So out of so, fairness to some of those guys, it seemed like they're dead weight in the relationship, and they're like, he doesn't change a diaper. He doesn't get up. It may just be that they're scared, or they just, oh, yeah. uh, or they're just like, I'm not even going to, I just don't know what the heck to do. I'm not I'm, comfortable with it. Or are they just being <clears throat> outright lazy and saying, nah, I didn't have, that's that's yours, woman. For, for a lot of here. them, I would say yeah. they're, they're just afraid, and they okay. don't know. Okay. And then, because again, you know, I know like, even though I had held my little cousins and yeah. I, you know, I've babysat and played with babies before when it's yours, it's a little different. Cause I can always give, I can always give it back. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm just holding it for five minutes, I get a little uncomfortable. I'm just handling it back and I'm going about my business, go grab me a burger and I'm good. But when it's yours, you can't hand it back. You have sure. to figure out how to soothe her or him. You got to figure out how to change that diaper quickly. So all these things, you know, we got to talk about in the baby boot camp, which uh, again, I, I loved. I thought it was a great time, you know, just because um, like when my daughter was born, I literally her head was in my hand and her feet were right here on my bicep. That's, that's, all, that's, that's how small she was. Yeah. So it's kind of neat looking at her, looking at my arm going, wow, she used to fit in my arm. And then I'm watching her give her a kiss as she goes back to Athens and she jumps in her Prius yeah. and she takes off. Or when she was calling me from Spain because she went to go visit a friend and I'm, you know, she's like, I missed my, my connecting flight. Here I am. I'm in Georgia. You know, I'm almost in tears because I'm starting to get scared. And she's sure. freaked out. She's in Amsterdam and she's oh. got to catch a plane to get to Spain. And I'm like, well, hey, look, money's not an option. I don't care. Right. You call me at a moment's notice. If something is not cool, dad's going to wire you money. You do what you need to do. And then yeah. I get a phone call back, you know, 10 minutes later. Hey, I got a connecting flight. She's going to meet me at the, you know, so-and-so. I'm good to go. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I breathe a sigh of relief when she messaged me and was like, hey, I'm back in Atlanta. And I'm, you know, I'm back on soil. So I'm like, you're, okay, you're, I'm good. You're, you're look at you. You're an intimidating looking guy. You know, if you come in here and you have that look, you know, military, you could tell you got that. You could tell you were military at one time. You're, yeah. you're broad shoulders. Um, you, you're a linebacker type guy, but you've got a soft heart. Oh, but yeah. we, but, but that's the space that most of these guys have to think about it, becoming a father. To, you know, you're making not only the state of Georgia strong, but anybody else listening to this podcast may be thinking, other states may adopt this kind of philosophy. It sounds like it's a, a sophisticated, it's Lamaze on steroids, which it never was what it was intended to be, but this is a much better precursor before yeah. the actual birth of your child. And so fathers becoming engaged and just getting educated on it, which is interesting to me. I always thought, is it just because they saw their dads not participate or they, they you know, which, yeah, that could be part of it. But what you're saying is <clears throat> if they could get involved, so how do we, how do we reach these future dads? I mean, how do you how do you put the you know reel out there and 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 pull them on in? I mean, how do we make a so for me um, with our program? So when the mothers join the motherhood program, okay, so we're gonna go from there. Okay, I see. So once yeah. the mothers join the motherhood program, one of my 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 fabulous coworkers that I work with, they're like working with six of your sisters. It's it's a, a whole lot of fun in there sometimes. Um, I can't believe I get paid to do this, honestly. Right. Sometimes. That's why I said you're just this big yeah. guy and you got the softest heart, but this is where guys got to be where Jerome is. Yeah. Right now. So yeah. they, the first thing they ask is, you know, is, is the father involved? And do you want the father involved? And if they say yay, then they're like, hey, well, check it out. We've got this program called the Fatherhood Initiative, and we got a guy named Jerome. He's next door. Is it okay if he calls dad? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, sure. So they'll pass me the information and, um, I like to send them a text so that they, because you'll get some, you'll get some, who is this? Yeah. Why are you calling me? <laughs> so I like to send a text to say, hey, how you doing? I'm Jerome. 
and I'm the Georgia Strong Families Fatherhood Engagement Specialist. I got your information from a referral from our motherhood program, and I would like to know if you'd be interested in hearing about the fatherhood program. When is a good time to give you a call? So I usually do that as my my preemptive. I like to prep the battlefield. We used to say, you know, you little, never know who this, with, yeah. with a little artillery, just drop something in and soften <laughs> it up. So that way when I do call them, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know who you are. You sent me that text. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, all right, so what you got for me? And I'm like, all right, well, hey, this is, this is what my program is. This is what it's about. I give my little spiel. And then it's like, hey, are you interested? Oh, yeah, 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 I'm interested. All so right. Seth, there's okay. a lot of groundwork you lay down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I, I got yeah. to soften up. I would much rather do it in person. I'm much better in person than I am yeah. over the phone. I think when if I see you, though, I'm not going to be reluctant. I'm just like, yeah. if this guy can do it, I mean, you're the best guy to do this. You realize that, don't you? I'm yeah. not being gratuitous. <laughs> Here I go, my favorite word of the day. But, <laughs> it, but, it, but the truth is, is that you, if I saw you... And this is no offense to Dylan. <laughs> Dylan, pop yourself up here. And I would expect somebody like Dylan. Dylan, put yourself in the camera there. Where is, where is Dylan? There he is. And Dylan, who's a good-looking young man. Look at this guy. He's I'm Mr. also Dylan. 20. He's 20 years old. But I would almost yeah. expect like a Dylan kind of guy calling me. You know, he's real, real more. But he's not. Dylan, Dylan's, a, you know, he's the new wave kind of guy. But I see this guy. I'm like, if this guy, you know, I would say, you know. You know you I know picked the wrong day to wear a sweater. No, 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 totally. And I mean that all out of good, good. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 I'm, saying yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be. But that's the moment, Dylan. <laughs> we, have, we have moments to try to lure people into these podcasts. But but that that is exactly what, what I'm thinking. It's like, gosh, I mean, it's amazing what you can do. I mean, you actually, you know, you're prepping it. You you got a great it's a it's a great way to hook anybody in. But if I have that person call me directly, that might be one way to do it. Despite the motherhood initiative and having you know maybe the the girlfriend or the the wife or something like that. And of course, families where they start, you hope to keep them together. And what a best way yeah. when you share that. Now, you know we quip and we laugh. You know, I, I'm divorced. I was very young when I got when I got married. You know, and you know I know um, Pam. She's divorced too. And we do things three, yeah, three, three times. You're not, no shame. Again. Okay. I ain't scared. No, no, it's not scared. I'm scared. No, but the thing is, here's the thing. You're still a good dad. Yeah. Just because it happens for whatever circumstance, it's another podcast for another time. You, you are there for your kids. That's the key. Yeah. And um, geez, because that can certainly make a big difference how profound it is. Oh yeah, most and, definitely. But it's that male influence thing, like you said, and you still involve those kids. You see them move on you pay it forward whether they're biologically related to you or not it's irrelevant fatherhood can be beyond that is, is would that be fair oh, yeah. to say yeah I, I i think it never stops i know um i talked with my daughter this weekend i'll try not to get emotional yeah but uh, i talked with my daughter this weekend and again like i said yeah. she's 24 no she's 25 excuse me and I, and I, and, I, and i talked with her based off of something that my my middle son who who's going to be 24 said to me during one of our barbershop talks yeah, and this which is, is something uh, yeah. this program does. Um, and he said something to me in the barbershop talk that, you know, had me, you know, on Zoom with other men. And I got tears coming down my face because I'm like, wow, my son just sucker punched me in front of all these dudes. And he's 100 percent right. And he was taught we were taught the conversation was about vulnerability and men being vulnerable and not showing it. And, you know, in my mind, I, you know, I'm, I'm reflecting back. But again, I remember what I remember. Because I'm me. Yeah. yeah. And my son is going to remember what he remembers because he's my son, as well as my kids are going to remember what they remember. So I see something one way. They see it totally different. 
So in my eyes, I thought, well, I, I did a pretty good job. You know, I, I cried at movies in front of my kids. You know? Yeah. You know, yeah, my, my, my kids saw me being vulnerable. And my son was like, uh-uh. He was like, nah, dad. He's like, you weren't very vulnerable with us. I'm like, what do you mean? And then he started, he started explaining things. And I'm sitting at the table because, you know, I'm at my house. He's in Florida. And again, we're on Zoom. So I'm sitting there going, ooh, ow, oh, body blow, body blow. And I'm like, he's right. So vulnerable I'm, I'm, in what I'm sense? Like, were like, your heart like in your was, sleeve or just kind of? Um, just not always showing them certain things or, okay. or letting them know what I was feeling when things were going on. I assumed that that wasn't necessarily, I, I didn't need, you know, I thought me being vulnerable was we're watching the Gridiron Gang and I start crying. So I think, okay, I'm, I'm Yeah, I would vulnerable. think that too, I, but, from our point of view. Yeah. But he was yeah. talking about other things. Like he, was like he was like, you never talked about what you felt when your dad died. And I was like, ooh, ah. And he was like, he was like you called me to tell me grandpa passed away. He goes, and the first thing out of your mouth was, how are you doing? And I'm like, dude, that's yeah. your, he was like, dude, that's your dad. Your dad just died. Yeah. You're driving home and you're calling me to tell me my grandfather died. And you're more concerned about what's going on with me than what's going on with you. And I was sitting there going, I'm trying not to get emotional. So the vulnerability would have been, he wanted to, he was in, wanted to see dad. It's okay for you to get emotional. Yeah. You'd break down, cry, whatever. And, and, yeah. and I was just like, wow. So he's, he's doing you he, a favor. Yeah. He's like saying, dad, Show your reveal yourself. Yeah, and I was sitting there going, "Wow, he's he's making an excellent point." I, I didn't in that moment. I was more concerned with what my kids were gonna, how they were gonna take that news, than me processing the fact that I just found out that my dad had died, and I need to get home to support my mom, and my sister was already there. So when I talked to my daughter this last weekend, we and her were on the phone for about an hour and a half. And she 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 let me have it, not in a bad way, but in you're concerned you know, about you. But as in, I was like, hey, our relationship after me and your mother split up, you know, and then we start and we went from there. And she started, you know, she started sharing some things. She started talking. She's like, you know, there was that one time I came home. She was like, I don't think you talked to me. And I'm sitting there going, did I not even talk to my daughter when she came home for a couple of days? It's something in your mind you thought that. And I'm like, yeah. I thought I, we talked, right? But she's like, no, we didn't. She's like, I left. I was like super upset. And I was just like, wow, my daughter came home for like four or five days or three days or whatever it was. And I literally didn't speak to her. And in my mind, I'm trying to replay that. But I'm not going to call my daughter a liar. So if she's telling me you didn't speak to me, then clearly other than, Good morning, you want some coffee? I didn't talk to her. And I was just like, wow, man, good Lord. So my other son will be here tomorrow. He's on his way to see his brother that's in Florida, which is the one I talked yeah, to right. was on the barbershop talk. So he was like, hey, whatever it is you wanted to talk to me about, I'll be home Thursday. You can help me change my oil, rotate my tires, because I'm going to go see Rome on Friday morning. I'm like, okay, cool. So he's going to be the third in line that I'm going to have this conversation Good. with about. And I look at it as in how am I going to talk to these dads in this program about being a dad, being a father, learning and growing and educating yourself if I, at 50 years old, am not willing 
to talk to my now adult children about what it was like for them as kids with me being their dad and me being able to look at what I did right and what I did wrong and then come to terms with that. Because it's real easy to sit here and for me to tell him or tell you Mm -hmm. what you should be doing as a dad when I'm not willing to look at myself in the mirror and go, well, hey, you know, you screwed the pooch a couple times yourself. Well, that doesn't count. I'm the fatherhood engagement specialist. I'm unfallible. No, so I need to be able to tell these dads, hey, look, man. I've um, been there. I've been there. I failed. I did some great things, and I failed miserably. And I had to sit there and listen to a 24-year-old young, uh, 25-year-old young lady tell me, hey, dad, when this was going on and you should have been there for me, you weren't. The military in you was the first response to take care of everybody else besides yourself at first. Yeah. And what she was saying, your daughter, what do you think? What what was it in that kind of situation? Because we're saying as fathers, there's things sometimes we miss it. I mean, in our heads, we, we kind of figure this is the right thing to do. You're, you're doing right. all the things you think you're doing. What was the part? What would she say? Do you, do you see a difference is what I guess I'm saying? Because I have all girls, so, you know, I'm outnumbered completely. <laughs> but even my grandkids are girls. But if you have your daughter's response saying you weren't here on this end for showing some vulnerability in your son, I already got your son's side. What is she, what was her, was it similar to what he was saying? Or do you, you're seeing two different messages here? It was, it was, it was coming at it from her perspective and what she was going through and what she felt she needed from me as her dad at the time gotcha. that I did not provide. So that was a very humbling conversation. Um, I was bawling my eyes out while she's telling yeah, me all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's extremely tough to hear when your kids are adults telling you that, you know, you, you kind of failed there, there, big guy. I know you thought you were doing pretty good and you did good over here, but over here where I think it really counted, you got an F. So um, that was very, again, that was that, that was that was that was a hard pill to swallow. It's more than just vulnerable. It's more than just monetarily. Like you could have solved a problem with being stuck in Amsterdam, and here's some money. I'm going to wire you. Versus, I need this emotional. I need I need you yeah. to listen. Know what I'm asking. So at, at the end of the conversation, <clears throat> my daughter was like, "I'm glad you decided to ask me all this, and I'm glad you're willing to take responsibility for a lot of what you didn't do." And she said, and, you know, I hope we continue. Because our, me and her, she's a lot like me. She's, she's my first. So we're a lot alike. Oh, my God, me and my Is she daughter. in the military? No. Okay. She would have been, she <laughs> she been, been a awesome. good officer. Oh, yeah. She would have been she a beast had yeah. she decided to take that route. Yeah. Um, my little Moo is, is, is a little monster. And she's so much like me. That's why me and her butted heads for such a long time. So... And I had talked to her, and she was like, yeah, there were." I remember when I used to be the one that was helping you work on the car and changing out the radiator and all these yeah. other things, and my brothers didn't want to do it. And I was like, yeah, you were my little, my little shadow. So when things went south with me and your mom and things happened, I said, I kind of I felt some kind of way. And she was like, yeah, you, you kind of left me hanging. She goes, you were, you were the parent. You were supposed to be there. In regards to what I was doing and what I was saying to you, you were still my dad. You were still supposed to be there. She was like, and you checked out. And so I was that's like, where we're getting. Okay, I see what you're. That, this makes sense now. Where she yeah. was, what this was her her issue, and girls especially are ultra sensitive to that. I, oh I yeah. Think even though it may not seem that way, my my, and, and I'm not making this about me, but I totally agree. And somebody else can understand. My father, when he left, 
we had because my sister was older, my oldest biological sister, but she was very close to dad when it came to music and and going to musicals and things like that. They did a lot of bonding like that. And then all of a sudden, poof, he's out. But I wasn't as close in that sense on that level. So to this day, she's sixty-one uh, years old. She still she still harbors so yeah. much resentment. Although my dad's been trying to do come and clean. I mean, he's wore his heart in his sleeve and asked for forgiveness. Did all this stuff. She's not. She's not having it. So, and there's still little things like he may come back and say things to her, and the littlest thing he says, set her off. It'll set her off. Yeah. And and we got to get past that. So this fatherhood initiative is great that we're starting young, and you're trying to recruit young. You can, you know, practice what you preach because you've been there and you can relate to these these young fathers. And then you got the barbershop talk now, now that we get past that, which has been a success as well. I mean, how, right. and I love this idea, this concept, but during COVID was Zooming, but you could do barbershop talk many different ways. What's, right. your, what's the most favorable way that we do it here at Georgia? Um, so, so right now we're still doing over Zoom. Okay. Um, so, and that's open to all, not just, not necessarily dads, but it's open to all males all throughout the community. And you could be in California if you want to log in. Join in the conversation. Cool. We're there. I'm, I'm all about it. So, and what we do with the barbershop talks is, is um, use, using today's jargon, yeah. you know, we want to create a safe space, uh-huh. you know, yeah. for, <laughs> for, for men to talk about yeah, man stuff yeah. without, without saying, well, I don't want to talk about this because someone's going to tell me my thought or my beliefs or what I'm, I'm feeling right now is not important enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so we open it up. We, we usually have a topic that we'll talk about, and that may use anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes, kind of like an icebreaker, but that gets everyone's juices flowing. And then once that topic is done, either we continue to talk about it or just in conversation like me or you having, yeah. something, may, something may get said, and that pulls him in. Gotcha. And then yeah. that pulls him in. And now, now we got all these dads talking about this one thing, which is how we ended up love it. Yeah. being on vulnerability because that wasn't the topic. The topic was men's health, and we were talking about STDs and safe sex and all these other things. And someone mentioned vulnerability and about how men aren't vulnerable, and that's when it took off. So we spent the remaining hour and 20, hour and, hour and 10, or hour and 15 minutes talking about vulnerability. That's crazy. And then How that turned yeah, into yeah. a whole, that, that was so big. We we're like, hey, hey, check it out. We need to do one barbershop talk specifically on vulnerability because clearly this is something that needs to be talked about. So then the next time we did a barbershop talk, it was all about vulnerability. And that one was another, that one was another good one because one of the, the, the gentlemen who, was, who I asked to be the moderator for that one, um, he had some amazing questions that he shot at us. And I'm trying, as I'm talking to you, yeah, I'm running it through my head. Give us I'm one. Give us a, ask, I'm curious to see what I'm trying to ask what he asked. He asked something about, oh, what is something, what is something nobody else knows that you know that you, you need to be vulnerable about? And I was just like, wow. So I sat there and I was like, hey. And um, I can't remember what it is I told him. But it, was, it, but it was literally something that I don't think anybody knew. But you're more comfortable in revealing it with these guys because there's someone you don't know, right? right? Would that be fair to say? Yeah. Because think about it. Every time we get together with somebody, you do kind of share something that you wouldn't even be f- 
feel comfortable with your spouse or somebody who's relatively close, sometimes even a colleague or something, you may tell them something that you would not tell somebody you've known for a long time. So the barbershop talk, who you're engaging now, who are we engaging? So we're engaging year olds, 50, 40, 30 and above or who? 18 to whoever logs on. So we got a, we got a pretty good. Pretty good. How swap. many atten- how many people attend? I wanted. Um, sometimes we can get ten. Sometimes we get gotten twenty. Sometimes we've gotten five. But whatever we get, we we, we work with whatever. Very we effective. Get. I love it. And so th- this is guy from California, woman over here. I mean, even though we're Georgia Initiative, Georgia Strong Fathers, we we are touching you know gleaning other information from right. other areas and backgrounds. It, culturally, what are we looking at? Is there a a particular culture that seems to be more. Are we, we talking? We try about, and pull everybody in, so whoever we shows want up. As much, but but yeah. we advertise for everyone, and we let it be known that it, it, this is for men. Period. So, yeah. regardless of what ethnicity you are or what race you are, we don't care. Everyone has, everyone has a story. Everyone. That's one thing we can all agree on. If you got a divorce and I got a divorce and he got a divorce and he got a divorce, in regards to what ethnicity you are, I guarantee there's going to be at least two or three things. That happened throughout that divorce that we all had in common. Yes. That's a that that shared experience. And that's what we that's what we try and build on is a shared experience. Because something you did may resonate with him and he's going through it right now. I love and that's something yeah. us as men who've already been divorced, we can look over him and say, Hey, listen, you don't want to be on you don't want to be in a club with us. So this is what you need to do. Go find you a therapist, get you a marital counselor. And if you can't do that, here, write these five things down. This is what I want you to do. And that's what I wanted to when, get when, at. So when, you, when you yeah. go home, tell your wife this, and then do this, and then do this, and then do this. We actually did that. So it, And one it, of the fatherhood groups, because we do something called 24-7 yeah. Dads, which is an educational piece to the fatherhood initiative, we actually did that. We actually stopped the class because one of the dads was having some marital problems. So we're in the middle of talking about a subject in our class. Gotcha. And within within the first 15 minutes, he keeps bringing this up. He keeps he keeps talking about communication. He keeps talking about how he's not getting along and how they're not jiving and he thinks maybe he needs to go his own way. So we literally stopped the 24/7 dads class, so to speak. And the class became about us helping this guy. You're empowering others. And to we it. all cool just stuff. focused on, I can't think of his name, otherwise I'd yeah. tell you his name. But we all just focused on Sam. Yeah. Just say his name was Sam. Yeah. So we all just zeroed in on Sam, and we all just started talking about Sam and his problem. I love and we it. all shared from our own past experiences with communication with our, our partners, whether it was good or bad. And we all just started throwing stuff at Sam, so to speak. So that following week, yeah. when Sam logged on, he said, hey, man, I want to thank y'all for what y'all did for me last week. This week has been pretty good. I tried and I did some of the things y'all talked about. And and I want to say y'all helped me and I really appreciate y'all. So we were like, hey, that's cool. You know, and it doesn't matter that, yeah, I had training, you know, for the 24 7 You don't have to be a psychotherapist or a yeah, PhD. Yeah, we, we, we had a block of training yeah, that yeah. was supposed to get done. And I yeah. was like, well, I'll cover it next week. And if I don't cover it, eh. Yeah. The point is we helped. We helped the dad out. There's a we success story after this, that that barbershop talk. That I was day. like, that's what this program is supposed to be about. We're supposed to help each. We're supposed dads are supposed to help each other. If there's any one of uh, as you're engaging these these men, if there's anybody who seems to be a real red flag, then you can then therefore direct them to 
the specialist here, or you give them, I want to say like a prescription, or just say, hey, you need to talk to X, Y, and Z. Yeah, exactly. That's when you bring them to the real big pros. And I assume, you have you had any of those that you were Um, really, really, really concerned about? Well, one of the dads, nothing that major, but one of them did say he wanted to talk with someone. And I have my own private practice, because I'm a, as a social worker, I'm also an LMSW, so I also do therapy work with individuals. So I said, hey, so let's talk. So me and him did about, probably about 10 or 12 sessions. And that's something that I felt I was bringing to the table figuratively, I guess you could say, when I took on this job as a fatherhood engagement specialist. Because I can do therapy, I, that's something I offer to all the dads when they, when they become part of the program. Hey, if you ever need to talk to anyone about whatever it is, marital issues, personal issues, whatever, part of the program is I can get you some free counseling. That's great. So if it's something you want to do, hey, I'm here for you. We'll set an appointment up. You come by my office and we'll talk. If you want to go to the park and we have an ice cream and sit on a bench and you want to vent to me, let me know. Whatever it is I can do that, it, that if you feel me helping you is going to be successful and you're going to be want to be an active participant in your child's life and you're more apt to work with the mother, even though y'all might not be able to get along. But if, it, if you're willing to put your personal ego and feelings aside so that way the betterment of the child becomes paramount, then, hey, I'm, I'm all about that, and I'll support you. That's perfect. And, and, and this episode today has been really profound. We're, we're learning so much. I want to have – I want you to come back because we need to hit more because what I'd like to really focus in on is men's health and relationships coming up, and that, that makes a difference. When you're doing well and you support the health aspect of it, working out, diet, and all those good things, the relationships are – even better as we wrap this up today in the and the show. So that being said, this whole thing just culminates in a nice three three ways here. I mean, we're we're talking about get them get them ready and strong when they're younger. We get into you know the kids' fatherhood in the early stages pre childbirth, and then getting into the baby boot camp, and then we get past that. We start talking about, of course, barbershop talks and in health and uh, and better relationships. This makes a a much better development of more nurturing, more fertile soil, if you will, to grow our kids right. in the future, uh, boys and girls uh, with, with their fathers being there in the picture. And many times that are not, they could be supplemented through different programs that you, you provide and just having that male figure in their lives. And, and like I said, and that's what's great because with the program, we also do a 12-week course or 12-week class, and it's called 24-7 Dads. And each week we talk about a different aspect of fatherhood, whether it be your values, um, what it is for you, or where you got your your idea of what a man is and what that looks like, uh, co-parenting, all these different facets. There's a total of 24 of them. We do two 12-week sessions, and they're two hours long. And those all add to what you were saying. Is That's that other piece after the dad boot camp. You know? So that's that piece where you're going to continue to learn and grow about where I got my perception of what a good man is where I got my perception of what a father is, where all that comes from, because my wife is going to have a different perception of what a father looks like because she was raised differently from me. So that could create some conflict in our marriage because I want to do what my dad taught me and she wants to do what her dad taught her and what her dad showed her. So if we can understand where we're both coming from, again, that creates less drama, that creates less issues, less conflict, and we're more apt to get on the same page as we're moving forward, raising our child. Got it. It so, seems so easy, but it does make sense. I mean, but this is why we have to take take these steps. 
it, people can, we want to invite everybody, even though this is Georgia strong. I don't care what state you're in right now listening. Uh, maybe you're in a military like Jerome was and, um, and, and you may like say, gosh, you know, I'm deployed a lot. I got different things going on. I transition, a lot of transitioning uh, nonprofits, men and women coming back from theater may come back in and they need some place to divulge, to feel safe, to feel vulnerable and, and just, just tell them things that they wouldn't share with anybody else. This is a good start with that. And, and, and they're yeah. everywhere. And they're everywhere. The, the fatherhood initiative is they're in all the different, they're in all the states. So whether you're a dad in Florida or Maryland and you're, or you're about to be a dad and you're in Washington or New York or New Jersey, just go online, you know, good old Google and type in uh, fatherhood initiative and type in whatever city you're by. And it's going to yeah. pop up and show you where the next, or, well, one of them is. And then just pick up the phone. Um, like ourselves, we're here at the Columbus Health Department. Um, if you need to reach me, I can reach that 706-321-6322. Um, that's a great way to contact us. Um, also, we're out in the community. We do a lot of outreach events. So if you see us out there, you know, stop by our table and, and gather some information. But, it, 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 again, it's, it's all about engaging dads yeah. and letting them know that you are an important piece to the child development process. And we need to get you back engaged because for a while a lot of dads probably have been feeling I'm not very important I'm not needed so I'm going to go do my own thing but I'm here to tell you you are needed you are important and it's it's paramount that you are engaged because I could have been one of those dads that that fully checked out um going through the divorce but I fought like the dickens to I was like I'm not going to be one of those dads that gets pushed out of the way I'm like no for you because I felt I feel the same way Spoken true from Jerome Dingle himself. Look at that. That's great stuff. Thank you for what you're doing. Keep up the good uh, note. And we're going to have a connection right here so you can link on. I want somebody to do a barbershop talk with you. Pam, and last word just here. The mo- one yeah. of the most important things about the Fatherhood Initiative and these programs that we offer at the health department is that they are free. Oh, we forgot so about the F word. They, <laughs> yes, they are absolutely Amen. free. So, you know, and these, and it's not just dads who are 20 years, I mean, some of these, you know, let's face it, we have some teenage boys who are becoming dads, and we reach out to them too. So, you know, we want to include anybody who, and the fatherhood initiative is um, from, if you have a child from zero to 18 months. 18 months, and then we've got another initiative that picks up after 18 months, so you can can hang out with us a little longer. I'm loving this, the music is playing, I love it. I mean, even if they're you know, in high school and they're going to have a baby, they're still important to that child's life. Yeah. Don't go away, guys. Stay with us right here. Fatherhood Initiative, Georgia Strong Families for Men and Women. Thank you so much, Jerome Dingle, Pam Kirkland from the Department of Public Health of West Central Georgia. And we want to make sure you stay connected with us on this show and any others too. Every Wednesday at 7 Eastern, we're talking about it at WRBL.com. Also where you get your podcast, whether it's through Apple, Spotify, iHeart, you name it, it'd be there. That's right. Even on social media accounts, such as my B Jeswald WRBL, Twitter, Facebook, Bob Jeswald WRBL, on Instagram too. There's a link there, and it'll take you to all these, these wonderful podcasts. And this is a great one today. So remember where it starts. Jerome said it best. Make sure fatherhood engagement specialist be one today. We all should be an engagement specialist, right? Make a difference. Be a good dad. Be involved. Be in their lives. You'll make a difference.